right, all right, day 171. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right, so we're in the book of Hosea still. Remember, Hosea has uh, these two main parts. So Hosea 1 through 3 is talking about the marriage between Hosea and Gomer. And then 4 through the rest of the book is uh, talking about just uh, random kind of prophecies of Hosea throughout his life, right? So there's no, uh, it's not as much um, structure to it as the first three chapters. And so Hosea in chapter nine, where we are today, comes and he's very specific about the exile. Remember, God had given this people, his people, this land, right? The land of Canaan. And now he's saying, because of your sin, the Lord is going to remove you from the land, right? You're going to be exiled by the Assyrians. And so he says, Israel, do not rejoice jubilantly as the nations do, for you have acted promiscuously, right? Leaving your God. You love the wages of a prostitute on every grain threshing floor. Threshing floor and wine vat will not sustain them, and new wine will fail them. They will not stay in the land of the Lord. Instead, Ephraim will return to Egypt, and they will eat unclean food in Assyria. So we see a few things here. One, that they've been acting promiscuous, right? God compares uh, their acts uh, to that of a promiscuous spouse. So remember, God made this covenant, this relationship with his people, and they are uh, spoken of in marital-like terms, right? So Israel is being promiscuous. Another thing we see is that the land that God gave them was the Lord's land, <laughs> right? It was nothing special geographically about the land of Canaan, but it was the land uh, God had promised to give them. So it was the Lord's land and he's just applying fam he's just applying all of the the curses from deuteronomy 27 and 28 to their specific situation so he even speaks of this return to egypt right and um he's saying yo like this is a reversal once again of the blessings that god gave you in bringing you out of egypt so there will be a return so god is like no no like this is no, no, this is what it is, fam. Like, this is what's going to happen. I said it was going to happen uh, in the book of Deuteronomy. I warned you guys like you had it written down. And now I'm just about to actually apply uh, what I've already said. And so God is clear about that here. And he goes on and he's like, yo, no, the days of retribution have come. Right. Let Israel recognize it. Right. The prophet is a fool and the inspired man is insane because of the magnitude of your iniquity and hostility so hosea is gonna quote israel here right and in those days what, what he's actually saying is like yo essentially the prophets were made fun of and ridiculed for preaching the revealed word of god and they were ultimately rejected right and so what this text is trying to say is that people are without excuse and paul, paul will bring that up in romans 1 how man is without excuse so in other words instead of listening to the prophets in this day they were laughing <laughs> at the prophets right god had repeatedly warned his people and instead of listening they were laughing and you just see like what happens when we fail to heed and listen to the actual words that god has given us right we fit we see what happens we see it never works out <laughs> it doesn't work out and god is just clear about that uh in his word here hosea 10 it says uh essentially man that god took good care of them god gave them an abundance of crops right god looked out god you know 
uh, just made them overflow with all these blessings. And it says, as they overflow, as the things increase, as things got better, as they prospered, the more they were blessed, the more they rebelled. And I think this is just a, a kind of like something we always bring up on the podcast, man, is that um, we should be most careful and watchful of our souls, not just in seasons of affliction, but especially in seasons of prosperity, especially in seasons of prosperity. Remember, um, you know, we, we talked about uh, before like uh, King Uzziah, right? Like we talked about when he grew strong in the book of Second Chronicles and it talks about uh, what happened with him and the pride that came with that. But the Lord is just clear, man. It's like when we prosper, there's something about prosperity. There's something about um, flourishing uh, in, the, in the world's eyes, right? Uh, and, and blowing up and doing your thing that can knit a man's heart or a woman's heart uh, to the world and help and, and deceive them into thinking that they don't need God. And Israel was guilty of that here when, in fact, uh, every blessing had come from the hand of God. Right. And so uh, you just see the prophet being clear about that. I love here that he also talks about, you know, uh, you know, Israel saying like, yo, we have no king. We do not fear the Lord. What can a king do for us? You just see this denunciation of authority. Uh, once again, we live in a day and age where many people are suspicious or um, uh, just kind of like blatantly uh, rubbing up against God given ordained authority. And we see that God has graciously prescribed authority uh, for our own good. And we see that that didn't bode well for them and won't bode well for us as well. Hosea 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. Verse three was is dope too. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the hand, but they never knew that I healed them. And so God is just going to recount uh, in Hosea chapter 11, the way he's loved his people, the way he's loved them, what he had done for them, how good he had been for, to them. And you just see that uh, here present in the text is this ingratitude, right? And ingratitude, listen, ingratitude is usually one of the greatest uh, incubators of iniquity, right? Uh, ingratitude, being ungrateful for what God has actually done is this incubator for iniquity, right? God is, it has walked his people uh, or God is going to walk his people here through the way he saved them, through the way he cared for them, through the way he sustained them, through the way he provided for them and on and on and on. And the main thing he's saying is like, no, no, I love you and you were ungrateful for my love. Right. You were very ungrateful. And I think one of the things we should do today as believers in every day, man, is is recount things that we are actually grateful to God for. We should write them down. We should meditate on them. And it will lead you, man. I'm telling you, like, it will lead you to this place of, of joy, man. Um, and you'll just really see how much uh, the Lord really does for his people. And by God's grace, uh, it should lead us to faithfulness. So the Lord is clear. Yo, um, I'm going to send the Syrians. I'm going to bring exile. Um, but one of the things that uh, chapter 11 will bring up is that the Lord is going to to leave a remnant that God will not uh, bring his full wrath. He could have just wiped out Israel totally, but he's going to leave a faithful few that remain faithful to him and that will survive uh, his uh, promise of judgment. Um, and then chapter 12, he kind of ends off and just brings up, yo, y'all, 
look like your pops, right? <laughs> Y'all look like your pops. And he goes back. He goes all the way back to uh, Israel's father, Jacob, right? Whose name was later changed to Israel. And he uses this history to talk about how Jacob was a deceiver, was consumed with personal gain. He was even wilding in the womb, all this kind of stuff. And so he's just going to say like, yo, y'all grew up to be just like him, <laughs> right? But the only difference between the two is that, you know, uh, Jacob met God in Genesis 28. You know, um, you know, he received the promises in Genesis 32, all this good stuff. He meets God and he changes, right? Like he has these this conversion moment, especially when he uh, in Genesis 32, when he meets with the Lord and then he meets his brother. Right. So before that wrestles with the Lord and um, you see uh, just this change. But he's like, yo, y'all, on the other hand, <laughs> y'all are wild. Right. And he's just calling them to this change that specifically the prophets, this word the prophets use specifically called repentance. One of the main ways to kind of sum up what the prophets are calling for is the word repentance. God desires uh, repentance from his people. And once again, if the people of God would just repent. Uh, the Lord would relent, right? God is so kind enough to send his prophets over and over and over to call his people to this repentance. And this repentance is not a bad thing. It is not something that is uh, not for the people of God's good, but it's so that they could have their God. Let's pray today and ask the Lord to give us repentance as well. Father, we ask uh, for your grace. We thank you for the clear things that are given uh, in your word. We just ask that you would give us the mercy.